Welcome to the weekly podcast on the LMP Sound Event Forum. Yes, got it right first time today. Get in there. Right, here first we go. Time in what, 20? Yeah, 2021, somewhere around there. We, we're not counting too much. No. Uh, as you can tell, I have my co host on, Mr. Paul, Sound Guy Spicer. Hello, Paul. How are we? I am very well. Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, listeners, whenever you're listening to this and wherever you're listening to this. A change of scene today, Paul. Where's the kitchen fridge gone? Well, it's to the right of me. It's in the room next door. Ah. So, uh, yeah, I'm in the living room. Ah, it's a soundproof studio, as they say. Yes. <laughs> our, our guest today, now, you have heard of the company name before, but we are going to ask him about it. It's Dave from Wonky Sheep. Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm well. You? Yes, really good. Thank you. Really good. Let's start from the top, Dave. Tell us about it. Tell us about the wonky sheep. Because we all remember wonky donkey, but tell us about the wonky sheep. Wonky sheep is basically three elements to the business. It is the travel, events, and media consultancy. So with the travel, we do anything from uh, the social travel trips. Uh, we do the world's official football fan travel. We do other uh, countries as well to business travel on top of that. And for the events, a lot of what we do is working with event organizers on the day so that they you know it's their event they can look after it how they see fit a bit we're sort of there in the background to make sure everything runs smoothly and deal with things that they don't really need to uh, stress about and then the media side is slightly different from the rest but that's from my original main background and we do anything from uh, content web content pr social media media training so we're in February. You've got the Euro 2021, uh, Euro 2020 was at the time booked. Uh, lots of orders in. Northern Ireland, we're going to the playoffs. So you obviously had orders for that, Dave. March 23rd comes, it's all off. Tell us about that week. Well, for, for us, it was actually the week before, March 17th, is when the UEFA put it off for a year. It, and it's one of those ones is you saw it was coming but you didn't know then what was coming after it in terms of the fallout. I think for, for us, the lucky thing was that 90% of the people who were due to travel uh, to the Euros this year just wanted to move everything over to next year. So we actually only lost 10%. So it, it could have been it could have been a, a lot worse from, from that point of view. Working with the suppliers, so that's been a little bit more tricky. You know, most of them have been fine, understanding, one or two have been problematic uh, and obviously further actions have to be taken for that. UEFA announced a new tournament dates in June and you know we filled that 10% that we lost out on and added another 47% on top which is great. How would the playoffs work with Northern Ireland? Because I see on your website you've got trips for the, the final haven't you for the playoff final coming up? We did have uh, but because that was due to take place in March it just got called off like the Nations League now you know when Wales are playing as well Scotland are playing we just haven't done anything we, we called everything off in June because it was a case of at the time it's like we don't know what position we're going to be in so if it's a case of if the uh, games go ahead which obviously they did and if fans are allowed we'll deal with it at the time but obviously things have moved on and you know fans aren't allowed you know there has been there has been some movements on the UEFA front, which is allowing 30% of fans in at games in countries where the government allow it. That was off the back of a trial that they did for the Super Cup last month. 
where Bayern Munich t- played Sevilla in Budapest. And they had up to 20,000 fans in 60,000 seater stadiums. There's ho- hopeful signs that things are moving slowly. And, you know, the, the, the tournament itself is still another eight months away. Yeah, and eight months is a long time. Well, eight, eight days is a long time at the moment, isn't it, Dave? So eight months is definitely a long time. Looking further afield and also at what's to come in the world, there's obviously the Lions Tour next year. How's things looking towards the Lions Tour? Again, it's one of those ones where is whether we're taking it on or not. Partly because there's two reasons behind it. The Euros is very, very close to the Lions Tour. We were going to do the Wales Tour to New Zealand. But again, that's the date, there's potential date clashes with the Euros in terms of if teams get beyond the group stage. So there's sort of a, a you know, decisions have had to be made. So it's one at the minute we're still keeping an eye on. I think a lot of people are keeping an eye on. But because our the Euros is our biggest thing, that's, that's where the focus has to be. And, you know, we'll... We will review the rest in the new year, I think. And Paul, haven't we summed it up today? By we, none of us know. I've just mentioned today three scenarios, all different, all changing. There's no set way of doing things, is there? It really is day by day, task by task. Yeah, I mean, just on a, a pure bit of luck, I there's a, a concert I would have been going to. Well, I say I would have been going to. I hadn't actually booked the tickets for it, ironically. I forgot about it. Obviously, it got postponed till like June next year. And I thought a couple of months ago, I must buy that ticket for that show. And I looked and there was hardly any tickets left. I still didn't buy a ticket, stupidly. I don't know why. And then just this week, I was like, oh, I bet it's all sold out. I'll go and have a look. There's 40% of the tickets are now available again, which is interesting. And I think people have got to a point where they're like, things are getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And nobody knows what's really going on. After people are just like, well, I bought the ticket. So I've got it. So if it gets pushed back, I'll just go whenever it is. And the other half are just going, I'll wait until we know we can actually go rather than handing over my money. So it's a really weird situation at the moment. And Dave, where's your tipping point, especially on the Euros? When's the tipping point? Is it March, April, May next year? Is it when UEFA call the decision? Um, It's purely down to UEFA. That's the tipping point. But it's interesting to actually pick up on what Paul said about tickets for events. It's a slightly different example, but... Travel is, is, is a big issue at the minute, obviously. Last week, we were meant to be in Portugal, just on a, a few days break. Now, it wasn't uh, quarantine that stopped us. It wasn't uh, the local lockdown that stopped us. It was the airline cancelling the seats. Uh, next month, we're meant to go to Rome on a recce uh, for the Euros. And yesterday, the airline cancelled the flight. So there's a lot of things also. It's not just people making decisions. It's companies now, like airlines as well, making them for you. That's disheartening because you could be appeasing one side and then uh, getting a slap in the face on the other and that's not very good because you don't know who to talk to first and and like you say you're always evaluating and weighing things up spend two or three days putting preparations in place and to be told two or three or or even longer down the line sorry you can't do it that's not good is it Dave? I, I think it's one of those ones of the situations which shows that you've got to be prepared for anything and if the situations um, where you know things change last minute and you have to adapt, you just have to be prepared for that. Because one, one of the things we, we do is work with sports teams as well for their travel, and you know, there's all sorts of scenarios that can crop up. You know, we've had a couple of teams in Europe uh, playing in Europe in the last month or two, and, uh, and then you've got situations like mandatory COVID testing on arrival in certain countries, and then it's a case of right, what do you do if anyone comes back positive? When you're in a foreign country, you're stuck. 
can you play games, things like that. It's, so it's literally, you're, it's like you're sort of juggling many, many balls and wondering which one's going to land. But at the same time, you know that you have to have something or some backup in place. Sometimes people call me a bit of a pessimist. I describe it as the experienced optimist in that you have to look at worst case scenarios. You know, if you've got them covered, then anything else should be a lot easier. So it's fair to say over the last six, seven months, wonky sheep has been wobbly sheep. It's caused you a few headaches then, Dave, over the time. It has. The other thing I say is that pandemic does create opportunities and that that's providing, you know, anyone who's willing, willing to adapt. You know, I've seen examples where they have, I've seen where they haven't. But some of the stuff that we've been doing in the last couple of months or so wouldn't have happened if coronavirus uh, wasn't here. Well, tell us, Dave, tell us what you have been up to the last couple of months. No, it's not that exciting to actually tell, but it's just a case of, you know, slight different things. I'll stick with football because I'm talking because I'm talking about it. You know, the t- teams who've been playing abroad now in the, in the uh, European competitions, one of the UEFA directives is that you can't fly scheduled. Everything must be private. And, you know, for some clubs, it's, it's a bit of a, a new world for them, and obviously not the bigger ones and all that, because they do it most time, even for, for UK games. You know, it's helping out with, with things like that. And again, that, that's just one example of why, if coronavirus wasn't there, this wouldn't have come up. The fact is that you've had to adapt. To be fair, we saw a rather crass government uh, thing come out last weekend with the ballet dancers saying that they could go into cyber, which is completely wrong because there is going to be an industry after coronavirus. The message itself, when you think about the, the actual message behind it, is right. And Paul Newton summed it up on, on the podcast a few weeks ago. He said, I'll find you something to do. But of course, the key for me is that message is correct. We all need to find something to do at this time. But what we also need to do is to protect the future. I think from travel point of view is that it will come back once this is over the travel will come back i think the more you're able to adapt during difficult periods will help you in the longer term because you're not necessarily just going to say right i've changed now that's it i'm not looking after what i used to do you know, for some, it, it might be a really, really good move for them that they didn't know they could do before they were forced into this situation. But, you know, for me, it'd be, right, well, we've adapted on certain things here. That's an extra string to our bow now on top of what we do. Don't forget what you had before, because in travel in particular, in events, it will come back and you've got to be there ready for when it does, because the ones who, who don't will be left behind. And Paul, coming to yourself, picking up on that point, as I say, we need to protect the future. If Even if the arts and the theatre and the events aren't for now, and there's nothing we can say beyond the scientist, you know, unless we actually get through the scientist information, we need to protect the future, don't we? We have to come back, because otherwise it's going to be a dour country. Yeah. Again, like every time you pose a question to me near the end of this podcast, I always go, I've got mixed feelings about this. And again, I'm going to say, I sound like a broken record. I've got mixed feelings about those adverts that came out. So the whole thing you just mentioned about the ballerina saying her next job in cyber, it's come under a lot of criticism. I think they could have just reworded the campaign better because I think their focus is, government's focus is basically go and retrain in another job, start a new job. That shouldn't be the message. The message should be you can find other avenues to do what you do in your industry and make it work. That should be the message. I've done that, Dave's finding ways to do that. You know, we know a number of members are, are finding ways to do this, but that's not getting out the bigger message. It almost sounds a bit of a defeatist message. You're going, well, you gave it a good try for 20 years in your business now. Stack some shelves, you know, it, it's annoying. I think 
they've kind of got a point, but they haven't. But it's very right. We've just got to keep doing what we're doing, just find other ways to make it happen. Therefore, then when we are back properly, our industry exists. It's spot on, Paul. It is because the messages say the actual idea behind the message, I think, is correct, is, is go and contribute. But we can't afford to miss out. We can't afford to say, leave the industry, go away. What we have to say is contribute, stay in touch, carry on with your profession, carry on trading, because we will be back and you are going to be vital at that time. I had a conversation with someone yesterday. They've spoken to a number of people who are in my industry, who are freelancers, who have already taken on full-time jobs in other roles. And when the question was posed to them that when AV, you know, or events or conferences or whatever, theatres, shows go back and you can have full audiences, would you go back to being a freelance lighting tech, sound tech, whatever, set designer? Most of their answers was no. It's not worth the hassle, which is really disappointing. The ones that are sticking with it are going to stick with it. That government message has basically told people to say, give up and do something else, which ain't great, to be honest. That doesn't help the situation. That's the interpretation. It affects everybody in the events and the arts industry. In particular, if you're a ballerina and you see that, you think, well, I'm just going to chuck all my stuff in the bin. And that's, yeah. that's not what you want. I mean, like you say, I've been quite fortunate. I've just picked up a, a new contract on a motor magazine and it's vital. So there is ways of doing it, you know, because you can keep your experience and you can keep what you do out there. But we can't lose these. We can't lose really yeah. talented people. We can ask them to do something else, but we can't lose them. And we're not protecting that future. So, Dave, what, what kind of things have you put in place to protect yourself and your business going forward, future-proof yourself? Uh, there's a couple of things. One thing that helps us is that we work a year in advance. So in terms of this financial year, all the outgoings that you know we, we knew we were going to have were already covered before all this came in. So we've sort of had a little bit of a, a year's grace and ideally, you know, the Euros will go ahead next year. Throughout this period, there's been lots of talk with lots of people about lots of different things. And I, last week, I actually started to put it down all on spreadsheet and see that everything that, you know, I've, I've had talks with, where things might be moving forward and all that. It only takes a few of them to come off. You know, next year could start to be you know, a really good year again, or moving into 2022. This period is one where it could have been used very well by people. It could have been used badly by people to, you know, look forward to the future. So far, what we've done will start to stand us in good stead going forward. I think it'll enhance our skills, Dave. I mean, as I say, I've just taken out this, this new contract on the magazine. I love it. It's given me so many new skills to learn. And I said it on many occasions on the podcast, you'll learn new skills. Some things you'll keep. Some things of your old things that you used to do, you won't bring in because you now know they're not profitable. And if we use it correctly, like you say, it could be, it could enhance the businesses. Being involved in a magazine, I wouldn't give it up now. I wouldn't do it full time because I've got so many other, me drone flying and stuff like to do. You know, you become more, more channeled and more things. So there's lots of things that we can get rid of and lots of things that we can gain from this. So I think the positivity you've said, you know, is spot on, isn't it? I, th I think it's one of those ones where, again, it, people have found new things, partly because of the situation they've been forced into. And it's, sometimes they just never knew something could be done or, or, you know, they could do something. And there's others who I know have said, you know, oh, there's been a kick at the backside I need. That's why you've got to look at so much of a difficult period this has been. There are positives that can come out of it. But you have to have the right mindset. Yeah, you, you, you do. And the drive, I suppose. 
And talking of mindset and drive, it's now time for the weekly roundup, the positivity roundup. Dave, you're going to love this. This is full of positivity. Come on, Paul, give it to us straight. Here we go. It's actually a good week. CRF grants finally came out. They were a week late, and we mentioned this last week. A number of music venues, theatres, other places were due their cultural grants. There's a tiny bit of negativity, tiny bit coming in, because we have had a couple of messages from members of the group who unfortunately didn't get the grant with their venues, uh, and my heart goes out to them. We have already got a couple of members who have posted in the group, Nikki from Real Time Live and Julie from Sutton Coalfield Town Hall, who got the grants, which is fantastic news. And as we posted in the group yesterday, we know the Cavern Club is now safe, which we were talking about a couple of months ago that they looked like they were going to go under uh, the 100 Club in London. And literally this morning, I posted almost a full list of all the venues, theatres and other places that so far have had their grants and there's more to be announced. So just for the sake of saving a number of venues, this week so far is a good week, regardless of whatever other announcements have been out there by the government. It has been great to see so many venues and stuff saved and given a bit of a lifeline. So it is a positive week for you, Ben. It is a positive week for once. I'm not sure we should do any more podcasts on that. I think we should end it. Then this series of podcasts. That's yeah. it. We're going to yeah. finish now. That's, That's it. it now. <laughs> but Dave, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for telling us the story. One final story to close off the podcast. I tried to get it out at the start, but you weren't too keen to say. Tell us about the company name. Well, it's very, very short. There was alcohol involved when the name was created. But it's one of those ones where you don't forget it in a hurry. You know, it's, it's always in case you ring someone up saying, oh, they've come from wonky sheep. There's either the pause or a slight little giggle. <laughs> and it's like, exactly, you don't forget it in a hurry. But unfortunately, there's nothing more exciting to it in terms of how it came about other than alcohol. We won't ask your tip what your tipple is because that might give it a bit too much away and too many might go and try that then. And we don't promote brands on here unless they pay us. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> any corporate sponsors are gratefully welcome. We'll just say that. We're pushing that out there. And any alcoholic sponsors, <laughs> speak today first. We'll edit this podcast later on and put that brand in. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, that's been brilliant. Really appreciate your story. We wish you all the best. We hope the Euros go ahead. We hope the Lions Tour goes ahead. Uh, and hopefully you get business for both. I know it's a difficult task, but hopefully you can achieve it. And with your mindset, pretty sure you will, Dave. Thank you for joining us. Cheers, no Dave. Problem. Thank you both.